0: Hello and welcome to The Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, January the 7th. This week, cancer survival in various world regions. Another chance to hear Professor Michelle Coleman, author of a research article published in this week's issue of The Lancet, dated January the 8th to the 14th. Just before that, some other highlights from the issue. Now, the role of business in public health, this is a very topical issue, particularly in the United Kingdom, with the UK coalition government detailing its plans for healthcare strategy over the coming years. So the first letter in the correspondence section concerning business and public health is authored by none other than Andrew Lansley, the UK government's Minister for Health. In research, in addition to the Cancer Survival Paper... Researchers document the global burden of disease attributable to exposure to second-hand smoke. This research article published online in December. Also, we publish a retrospective research analysis. This concerns tuberculosis among household members of people who have extensively drug-resistant or multi-drug-resistant tuberculosis. An unusual but fascinating topic for the seminar this week, decompression illness. And new drugs for an old disease. The New Drugs Class section this week details new therapies for an age-old problem, gout. But let's hear now about the research article detailing cancer survival in various world regions. This research paper is published. It's a collaboration of the International Cancer Benchmarking Partnership. And the lead author of the paper is Professor Michelle Coleman. Here he is talking at the press conference to launch this paper when the study was published online on December the 22nd.
1: Cancer is a very important chronic disease and a public health problem. One in three of us can expect to be diagnosed with it during a typical lifetime, and one in four of us can expect to die of it. That's a major public health problem by any standards. Clearly, incidence, that is the occurrence of new cases of diagnosis, uh, new cases of cancer, excuse me, um, is the key measure for prevention, and clearly prevention would be a lot better than attempts at cure. We know what causes perhaps a third, maybe even half, of cancers. And if we were able to apply prevention effectively and completely for all of those cancers, we would obviously reduce the burden of incident disease. It's taken us 60 years to get reasonably serious about smoking and smoking-related cancers. And it's not today or tomorrow that prevention will actually reduce the burden of cancer dramatically across the board. It has done so for smoking-related cancers in men. So we turn to the issue of what happens when the millions of people who continue to be diagnosed with cancer every year are diagnosed. They must be offered treatment and most of them will want to accept it. And then we need to know how well they survive their disease. That's where this study comes in. Because survival in the public health sense, which is what we've looked at here, that is the survival of all persons diagnosed with cancer. That's what's meant by population based studies in the title of this study. We're looking at all persons diagnosed with cancer regardless of whether they are too advanced or too ill to be treated with treatment of curative intent at the point of diagnosis. So clearly this is a measure of the overall effectiveness of health services in managing, diagnosing, treating and in some cases curing persons with cancer and that explains the breadth of the partnership to which Mike has already alluded. Survival, in that sense, drives the creation of cancer plans and it's also being used to evaluate their effectiveness. And I've alluded to that in some of the introductory remarks in the paper. In short, survival, population-based survival, is part of the crucial evidence base for policy designed to improve the outcome of patients diagnosed with cancer. Mike has already alluded to the fact that we've looked at breast, colorectal, lung and ovarian cancers. These are four major cancers for which there are survival differences around the world and in, including between the six countries that we have studied. And we have looked at 2.4 million adults diagnosed with one or other of these four cancers during the period <coughs> 1995 to 2007. And we have direct estimates of survival for those diagnosed in 95 to 99, and for those diagnosed in 2000 to 2002, and for those diagnosed in 2005 to 2007, which makes this the most up-to-date international comparison of survival available at present, for those patients, clearly it's not been possible yet to follow all of them for the full five years. That should be self-evident. But what we do in these cases is we make a short-term prediction of what survival is likely to be based on the most recent available follow-up evidence. And the best analogy I can give you for that, if you need to explain it, is life expectancy at birth. Short digression. When everybody's familiar with life expectancy at birth, it's based (coughs) on the most recent mortality data, and we say this is how long we can expect a baby born today to live if that baby suffers the same chances of dying at every age up to 80 or 90 that we can record in the most recent year. We have exactly the same approach for cancer survival. We make a short-term prediction saying this is how long... We would expect patients to survive on the basis of the most recent follow-up data available for patients diagnosed in the last few years. And that is set out for you, I hope, clearly in figure one in the paper. We have then examined survival for these cancer patients in six countries over three calendar periods, the late 90s, the early 2000s, and 2005 to 2007. We've looked at survival (coughs) up to one year after diagnosis, up to five years after diagnosis, and what we've called the conditional five-year survival. That is a measure of survival in persons who've already survived to at least the first anniversary of their cancer diagnosis. We're removing them from the picture, obviously not because they're considered unimportant, but on the contrary, it is those who survived the first year after diagnosis, where the most urgent treatments can be offered and where late diagnosis is likely to have the most deleterious effect on outcome. And we're looking at survival beyond that first anniversary to see what the longer-term effects of treatment are likely to have been. That's why we study conditional five-year survival. One last methodological point is that when we're comparing cancer survival between countries or jurisdictions, using states, provinces, territories, whatever you will. When we're doing this at a population level, we have to take account of the fact that not all cancer patients die of their cancer. Some of them die of other things. Because these death rates, background mortality, if you like, differs so widely between countries and over time, that we compensate for this by using life tables to adjust the survival estimates for other causes of death. In short, relative survival is survival adjusted for other causes of death which vary between countries. So that gives us a clean comparison, the cleanest available comparison of survival in the whole population of cancer patients in each of the different countries. The methodology that we've used is standard, It has nevertheless been overseen by an external reference group, an epidemiology reference group of experts from around the world who who are standing aside from this study but have had full access to our methods, our (coughs) protocol and our design and have had input into how we've actually carried out the analyses. The quality of the data that we've looked at is high. Only about 4% of patients (coughs) in the data set had to be excluded because, after all the quality controls, their data were insufficiently uh, stable to be analyzed in a study of this kind. So 96% of all the patients' records that we were uh, given for analysis were available for those analyses. And we've analyzed survival for something like three-quarters of a million patients with Cancers of the colon or colon and rectum or lung or breast, um, and in the case of ovary, which is rather less common, thank goodness, about one hundred and twenty thousand women were included in those analyses. Broadly speaking, survival is improving for all of these can- all of these cancers in all six countries. Just a minor footnote, Sweden did not provide cancer uh, data for ovarian cancer, so that's the sole exception here. But otherwise, yes, survival is improving for all cancers, all the four cancers we studied in each of the six countries. The survival has improved more or less in parallel in each of the six countries for colorectal cancer, lung cancer and ovarian cancer. For breast cancer, there has been a narrowing of the international range. What I mean by that is that the difference in survival between the highest and lowest countries for patients diagnosed in the late 90s was larger than the corresponding difference for patients diagnosed in 2005 to 2007. (coughs) Once we've adjusted for age, that difference between the highest and lowest fell from 14% to 8% at five years after diagnosis. In other words, even though survival is improving in all countries for breast cancer, it has improved more, or more rapidly, in the countries where survival was initially the lowest, namely the UK and Denmark. And that is a pattern um, which has been fairly consistent across all four cancers, and I think it's documented for you or set out in the press release, that broadly speaking, survival in Australia... Canada and Sweden has been higher than in the other countries throughout this 13-year period. Survival for Norway has, generally speaking, been intermediate and survival for Denmark and the three contributing countries of the UK, Wales, England and Northern Ireland, has generally been at the lower end of the spectrum along with Denmark. I think it's important to note, very important to note, that survival has improved more for breast cancer in the UK and Denmark than for other countries, and for colorectal cancer, it is worth pointing out that whilst the overall difference has not narrowed very much between the highest and lowest countries, there has nevertheless been a signal improvement in survival for persons diagnosed aged 65 and older, which represent something like half of all of the cases with colorectal cancer. So the improvement is there for all to see in all countries. There are gaps in survival between these countries which remain to be explained and we will tackle some of those um, in later phases of this study and I'll uh, deal with those in questions if the need arise. But I think it's important to note that even quite small differences in survival between countries, can represent very large numbers of avoidable deaths. And one of those is cited for you in the press release that the differences in survival between England, Wales, and Scotland and corresponding countries in Western Europe in the Eurocare studies, which are really not so large five, six, seven percent perhaps in survival, these can represent as many as 11,000 premature deaths each year because of the lower five-year survival in England, Wales and Scotland than is the case for the um, comparative Western European countries, the highest levels of survival. That is for all cancers combined, I might add, that figure of 11,400, but breast, colorectal and lung contribute about half of that total of avoidable mortality. In short, the differences in survival that we're looking at may not sound terribly large to you in percentage terms, but they represent substantial numbers of avoidable premature deaths, and that is what motivates the study of survival differences and what explains them. And the goal, the overall goal of the study, I reiterate a point that Mike has already made, is to study these differences in survival in such a way that we understand what causes them, and can generate an evidence base for policy to reduce them.
0: Well, many thanks to Michelle Coleman and to you all for listening. See you next week.